Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back. This is the Core Nourishment Podcast. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. And I am just beyond grateful for all of your support. I want to say thank you yet again to all of you who continue to listen to the episodes and who have offered me positive and constructive feedback as I continue to grow in this journey. I am loving podcasting. And most importantly, I feel so grateful to have the opportunity to interview all these amazing people and get to know them and hear their stories and then share that inspiration and passion and wisdom with all of you. So on that note, if you know of anyone who you think would be a great guest on my podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear from you, anniewagner.com. And also feel free to send me feedback as I continue to learn how to be a better podcaster. It's so much fun and I'm loving the challenge and my own growth in this experience. So today is episode 10. Woohoo! It's so exciting. And I had the awesome opportunity to interview Angela Beckela. She is not only a dear friend of mine and my Tuesday morning running buddy right now, she to me represents resiliency, positivity, strength, health. So many words come to mind. She is known as the happy fit mama. She's also a certified clinical exercise physiologist, a running coach. She is a fellow yogini, avid runner, fitness enthusiast, an incredible blogger. And she's also a mom of twins, which is pretty cool, a wife and loves the outdoors and adventures. And we today sat over tea as we nursed our colds and had the opportunity just to dive into conversation. And we laughed a ton. We talked about how laughter is medicine laughing for the soul. And she really, in especially the first half of the episode, dives deep into her experiences running marathons, her highs and lows, the best marathon, the most fun one, people running in costumes or not not much clothing at all um, to her hardest marathon experience and her challenges with running the Boston Marathon in 2015, battling injuries, coming back with so much strength and resiliency, learning to let go of comparison, learning also how to let go of that mama guilt as she balances working, training, and family life. And she talks about the art of blogging and how writing does not come naturally to her, but that she feels this really strong sense of purpose in writing and sharing her her journey through life. So Angela represents so much strength, courage, and she really chooses to have such a positive mindset in life. So have fun listening. Get ready to laugh a lot. And thank you again. We're rolling episode 10. I'm so excited and I'm so excited to have you here with me, Angela. Angela Beckela is a dear friend of mine and we've had this awesome opportunity of 
running together for I think the last month or so every yeah. Tuesday morning except for this morning when we're uh, ill when we're oh. getting over our colds um but yeah our early morning runs which have been so just awesome on so many levels for me and just getting a chance to get to know you and who you are and I love that now here we are sitting in my living room cross-legged in our little yogi postures um <laughs> getting a chance to just chat even more. Yes. And Thank you for having me here. This is awesome. I um, love it. Yeah, it's so fun. So Angela is the happy fit mama. And I want to explain to all of you listeners out there that um, I remember walking to Woodman Park School and seeing you um, standing out there and last, it was um, over a year ago and being like, oh my gosh, there's Angela and walking up and introducing myself and <laughs> You were like, who Who are you? Should I know you? Yeah, I was a little like, oh, who's this person saying? Are you Angela? <laughs> like, yeah, who are you? But yeah. um, no, I love when people come up if they see me from my blog or from Instagram or whatever. And I love talking to people. And if you're following me on Instagram, you probably love running or being active like I do. So we probably have a lot in common. So I'm very thankful that you came up yeah. and said something. I know. It was so fun. It's so great. And I love that we've had a chance to connect more and even see all of our mutual connections. Yeah, um, that's crazy how is, many people we yeah, know. Yeah, I love that small yeah, world. So, so Angela, I want you to share with the world who you are. So I, you know, I obviously learned about you but and know you really first and foremost as runner and blogger because that's how I found you um and then I love that you know you're also a mom and a yogi I've had the chance of practicing next to you on our mats Mm -hmm. at Zev Yoga um and then you also are a clinical physiologist um so tell like explain part of your story and what landed you where you're at oh boy um well we'll start from uh my schooling. I went to school to be a clinical exercise physiologist. Um, and I've been doing that since I graduated from college. So 14 years ago, I started in um, cardiac and pulmonary rehab. Um, so I work with people who are in a disease state. Um, and basically, it's just getting them started on exercising, eating right, reducing their risk factors after they've had like a heart attack, bypass surgery. Um, things like that. Um, I don't work with pulmonary as much anymore, but that was really rewarding to see people um, who were coming in for lung transplants. So we'd prepare them for the lung transplant by getting them exercising, even though they were on 15 liters of oxygen and barely could walk across the room. What kind of exercises would you do with them? Um, The same old stuff, get them on the treadmill, Mm. a bike, whatever they could tolerate. I mean, maybe they were exercising for one minute, you know, or whatever, and they needed a five-minute break. Um, but, yeah, we, the most rewarding story ever about pulmonary rehab, we had a man come in who, when I first met him, he had was in a walker. He couldn't walk very far. And he um, was going to get a lung transplant, but he came to us first. We started him exercising. He couldn't do a whole lot. Um, but the lung transplant came through, he went and had his surgery done and he came back after the lung transplant to exercise again. And when he walked through the door, first of all, he walked through the door. He wasn't in a wheelchair. That's amazing. No oxygen at all. Wow. And when we left him, he had a, a cannula and a breather mask and 15 liters of oxygen. He had two tanks with him just to function. Oh my gosh. So to see him without 
any oxygen walking, he looked like a different person. He looked, it was amazing. I mean, just thinking about now, I'm getting teary-eyed because it was so awesome. Like, are you kidding me? Who are you? Oh my gosh. And for his own psychology too, he just must have been. Like, oh yeah. Felt it's so like, empowered. When he could stand up, he was like hunched over, mm. you know, and just... He didn't have any strength, but when he walked in through the door after the surgery, he was like standing up tall, shoulders back. And like, I didn't realize you were so tall. He was like 6'2 or something. Wow. And it was just like, I thought it was maybe like my height, which yeah. is like 5'6. And he just grew. And it was amazing to see like the transformation and what can happen when you get a second chance, yeah. you know? Yeah. But that's yeah, amazing. That's cool stuff to see with, especially. A lot of times you get the in and outs with working with diseased people. I mean, it, it's you get people who want to change and make changes in their life, but then you get a lot of people who um, don't want to. They they're in denial, kind mm. of they're like, yeah, oh well, it's fine, or like they fixed it. They gave me. Um, I had bypass surgery. They opened up my blockages. I'm fine now. And they go back to their old ways of their old habits, not like, eating right yeah. or smoking or, you know, stuff like that. So, mm. but there are some really rewarding people who make changes and are just totally different people and leading a totally different life afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always cool to see. So you're still doing, that's like your primary. Yes. I do that um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, okay. three days a week. I dropped down to part-time after my kids were born. Um, so yeah, it's really fun to, to get into like the hospital and, and working in that part as well as my other ventures. Um, so yeah, that's the clinical exercise physiology part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's stayed like steady as part of your passion. And then what led you to, well, you're, you're going to go into that, but what led you (laughs) into like the running world? And I want to know if you've always been a runner and when that like first aha, like, you know, they talk about the running high experience was for you. Um, I've never really been a runner for my whole life. Of course I ran occasionally, um, through high school, through like my twenties, I'd run like, you know, the, the token three miles or whatever. And but I didn't know anything about running. It was just more about weight control or, you know, just staying whatever. I liked the gym more. Mm. I was more of the gym rat. Mm-hmm. Um, even through college? Even through college, okay. yeah. Um, I ju- even though I first went to college and majoring in business. Oh, wow. I was going to be a financial planner. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's something new. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, my junior year when I started taking all the core classes for – um, business, I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I can't sit at a desk for the rest of my life. I don't like any part of this. And I kind of mm. had a, like a mini freak of like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm in my junior year. It's junior year. I should have, yeah. Ah, I should have thought about this before. So much pressure for yeah. us to like know exactly what we're going to do. And it's, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, you know, you take those tests in high school, like what you should major in in college. Right. I got being a farmer. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I could totally see you being a farmer and being really happy with being a farmer. Back then, I'm like, I can't be a You're farmer. A farmer. <laughs> I'm not going to make any money as a farmer. How can I do that? Yeah. Um, but now I'm kind of like, well, maybe I should have been a farmer. <laughs> I know. My brother manages the farm. He's so happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I switched my major to exercise science my junior year. Okay. And, um, yeah, I kind of just, 
what led me to that was like, you know, people were always like, what do you like to do? What do you like to do? And I'm like, well, I like to work out. Mm. So that's how it kind of came about and opened up um, different avenues. Like first I thought I wanted to go into athletic training and then I'm like, oh, the schedule for athletic training is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I just had someone who was doing an internship in cardiac rehab and like, oh, well, let me try that and take a few classes on that. And then I did an internship and then it just kind of steamrolled from there. I mean, I got a job right out of college. Yeah. As in cardiac rehab. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you don't hear about that. Most no. people don't. Right. Get a job in their field right away. And I've been fortunate ever since to have one in that. And where was this, Angela? Where did you um, go to college and then, and when you got a job? Because you haven't, you haven't been in this area the whole time. No, no. Okay. I grew up in Michigan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like not, every time I say Michigan, people think Detroit. Right. I was like the farthest you could get from Detroit. Mm -hmm. I was in the Upper Peninsula um, where it's mostly trees and, and lakes and outdoors. There's like no big cities at all. Yeah. So, um, Sounds beautiful. It is beautiful. It's a lot like New Hampshire, um, but there's a lot more people here than even there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I went to school. I first started out at Central Michigan University where I majored in business. And then after my junior year freak out, um, I kind of decided that I wanted to transfer schools. I want to be closer to where my parents were. My mom had been um, diagnosed with breast cancer mm. like maybe a year or two at, before that. And I was kind of just having like mm. these pangs of like I want to be closer home because where I went to school, it was nine, ten hours away from yeah. where they lived. How I felt really far, especially in that time. Yeah. yeah. So, and then we, there were just things going on with my roommates, <clears throat> and just it's kind of weird. Like this junior year thing, I've heard from many people with girls, they kind of get like start fighting. Yeah. 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 We were my best friends in high school, but we all started fighting. Mm, so yeah. it's kind of weird. Well, yeah, I think there's this. Um, you know, everyone at that point is starting to really get to know themselves, and and then right. there can be this. This tug of wanting to hold on, but mm -hmm. then at the same time, you know, re realizing how different you can be. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we. I mean, we didn't know at the time you're, however, like twenty years old and not knowing what's going on, and you're yeah. thrown into this thing of like, what am I doing with my life, and where right. am I going? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I decided to transfer, and I went to um, the University of Minnesota Duluth. Oh, okay. So that was closer to my parents, even yeah. though they were in Michigan. And yeah. People like, how? Minnesota, Michigan? It's only like two hours from where they live. So yeah. Yeah. It was much better. And um, yeah, that's where I finished up with my school. And then... Um, and then is that when you started running? No. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm circling back. I'm like, I know. The, the running thing, it took a while. Um, I wanted to... I had in the back of my head this vision goal that I wanted to run a half marathon before I turned 30. I love it. And, <laughs> and when you had this vision and goal, you hadn't yet started running. You just not really. I mean, it would just be like three miles, yeah. you know, here or there. I still go in the gym and yeah. doing that thing. And then, um, actually it is when we moved to New Hampshire, <coughs> excuse me, probably like when I was 28. Mm hmm. Um, I kind of thought, oh, well, maybe it's time to start thinking about this half marathon thing. Um, like 30s getting closer. It's getting closer. And, yeah. It's breathing down my neck. So um, 
I, did, I don't even really remember if I was really running that much other than just the token three miles here or there when I signed up for the Seacoast Half Marathon. Oh, that's such a great one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like, like my favorite. course. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so I signed up for it, um, kind of followed like some generic plan and um, ran it. I'm like, okay, that was fun. <laughs> Let's keep up with it. And then that kind of how it took on. How did it feel? Because um, that's a pretty, like, so you, you had this big goal and then while, <coughs> you were, while you were running, like, did you, like, did you just find yourself, like, was it, was it exciting? Did you feel good? Did you have to, like, have the self-talk the whole time? Like, I'm curious oh, yeah. to know what was going on in well, your Oh, yeah. I, I don't really remember, like, I'm sure I didn't love it. Yeah. Like I do now. <laughs> right, right. Um, you probably loved after. Like, I did it, you know. And exactly. That's for like, so long. And for a lot of people, that's kind of the goal. Like, that's the point is having that feeling after. Right, yeah. It was kind of like, I remember just training for it. And, like, I don't think I did a whole lot of mileage for it either. Yeah. Which now I think about it. I'm like, how did I run that? <laughs> like, what was I doing? Um, but I had fun with it. And it was a good time. And I'm like, oh, this something I could do more often yeah yeah we're sipping tea for you for yeah you, uh, we both have colds and we're dying <laughs> so Angela's sipping her <coughs> chai and, and yeah no um but I think like I didn't really I think I did the seacoast again the next year but I still wasn't really bitten by the bug I was still going to the gym um and then I do like half marathons here and there and then we decided that we wanted to have kids and um I, I got pregnant sorry my throat is really dry <laughs> no it's okay again. <clears throat> okay we got pregnant and I think I was like 10 weeks pregnant went for a run came back and I started miscarrying Mm. Yeah, so that kind of made me think the two were connected. Yeah. Even though I know they're not, and everyone reassured me yeah. that running did not cause me to have miscarriage. Yeah. Um, so I kind of laid off of running for quite a while after that. And I imagine there was a, for you, a probably, well, just that fear and like a negative association to running. For exactly. A while. Exactly. Yeah. Like I thought it caused it. Yeah. I'm not going to risk it again because mm. we started trying again yeah. and everything. And, um, so I just stayed away from it. I went to the gym. That's where I really got into yoga more. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah um, I really focused on, um, because then the stress of having a miscarriage and then trying to get pregnant again and mm. everything was just so crazy that like, I, I felt like yoga really helped me at that time. Yeah. I mean, just so key for your nervous system and for your whole physiological body. Yeah, exactly. And, and then to help calm your mind because it's, um, yeah, it can be such a stressful time for women. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. And I mean, everyone's saying, just, you know, don't stress about it. Like, <laughs> You're okay, like, it's like, kind of ironic. Yeah. Right. Wow, yeah. Angela. Yeah. So, um, I didn't really start getting back into running more so until after my kids were born. Mm-hmm. Um, my twins were born in 2010, June, and one of my coworkers was also pregnant at the same time. Her kid, her child was born in July. So while we we're pregnant, we we're like, 
we're going to have our kids and then we're going to go run a half marathon. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Come on. <laughs> so we decided to do the Seacoast half. So you really did November. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, let's do this. Oh, wow. So in that November after you had. I did. That's amazing. Angela. Yeah. Like, what was that? Five and a half months after they were born. Wow. I ran it. My friend did not. She bailed on me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I gave her some slack. She yeah. had a pretty hard pregnancy yeah. and afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, there was times during the, when I was training for that half that I don't know if I'd recommend it to people to do that. Yeah. Like so soon. Um, in one way it was really good because it got me out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Gave I mean, you this sense of like purpose toward yourself as right. you're trying to learn how to be a mom. Exactly. And I mean, all this I, energy into your twins. Yeah. I was so like, I wanted to be around them all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just be around them. I thought like I'm missing out if I go for a run. Um, but for the most part of that, I was home on maternity leave too. So I was with them every day, wow. nonstop. So when um, Ron would come home from work, he'd be like, okay, go. Go run. You know, you need that. You've been home with them all day. Um, and I'd be like, well, well, you know, I could do that. I need to do this. And yeah. I need to do this. And he's like, no, go run. And he's like, you That's need awesome. that time to, like, be by yourself. Yeah. yeah. To find, you know, just to be yourself again rather than a mom with two kids attached to you all the time. <laughs> and how wonderful that you had that, like, his loving encouragement and support. And yeah. And that yeah. little kick out the door. Right. Exactly. It can be such this like exactly and you feel the the guilt I mean I've kind of let it go as time gone on but for the longest time I've had so much mama guilt you know like oh my gosh leaving your kids so much yeah because you get the side eye from so many people Mm. even other moms you're like how do you train for all these races and Mm. you're leaving your kid to go work out and da, da 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 all that stuff but it's like someone explained it to me very, very well when, um, after my kids were first born, they're like, when you're in an airplane and the oxygen masks come on, what do they tell you? I love that. Put it on you first. It's such a powerful metaphor. It is. I use that so much with my business and I tend to work a lot with moms as, you know, my whole, and a lot through my own journey is that, you know, my whole intention and hope is to really help empower women to see that, like how absolutely vital it is to give to ourselves exactly, yeah um fuel ourselves from the inside out so that we can show up with more energy and love whether mm-hmm. it's for our kids or for you know other family or friends or our life so mm-hmm. i love that you that you hung on to that metaphor it's so powerful it is <laughs> yeah. i mean it's something that i think about all the time because yeah. anytime you're like well i should do this or i should be that doing this first it's like if I don't take care of myself first, mm. then I can't take care of others. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not feeling good or if I'm feeling anything other than, you know, my optimal self, then it's just going to reflect down the chain in the family, you know? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's always, Ron's been really good. I mean, he's, I can't do any of this stuff with without him. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's always been like hands-on dad, so yeah. it's been good. That's great. Really it's great. A great partnership. Yeah. Sounds like. yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what is, when you think back, so, so you got the running bug. What, what is your, one of your top favorite races that you've done? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Cause I know you've done a lot. <laughs> um, actually, like, I don't think I've done a ton of races, yeah. but, um, my most favorite race, I've had a couple for different reasons. Um, I went to Hawaii with Saucony. Oh my gosh. And it was a program called um, 26 Strong. 
And what it was was someone who's done a marathon was paired up with someone who's never done a marathon before. Um, so I, I had done a marathon, only one before that. And um, I picked my friend Kaylee, who's never done a marathon. And so you got to choose who you were. We bringing. got to choose. That's so brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Um, awesome and it was program. all women too. That's so cool. They, they wanted it to be all women. <clears throat> so um, they, <coughs> excuse me. First they said, um, pick a, a race in the continental U.S. Anyone you want to do. We'll fly you there or whatever. Do your thing. Well, then there was um, 12 other teams. And someone from one of the other teams suggested doing Hawaii. Wow. Honolulu Marathon. And we were like, they're never going to go for that. And they did. They, like, ran with it. They thought it was awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. So we went to Hawaii, went to run the Honolulu Marathon. And when was this? This was um, December of 2014. Oh, so what a great ago. year to go. I mean, time of year. You know, like <coughs> yeah. December. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're thinking. It was actually kind of funny. We were thinking it's going to be so warm. And we're coming from New Hampshire. And it's going to be so cold. We're not going to yeah. be used to it. It was raining and probably like 50 degrees. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're like, oh, You're well, like, this no. is like being it's home. like we're back in New England. But yeah, I was like, this is no different. So we're fine with it. Oh, wow. Um, but the, the race, there wasn't anything that like no records were broken or anything. But it was all about just celebrating a first time marathon or passing yeah. across the finish line of their first marathon. That is awesome. And that race... It's <laughs> the Honolulu Marathon is very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's sponsored by Japan Airlines. Oh, okay. So they fly in people from Japan to run the race, too. Wow. So you go to the expo and there's people talking in Japanese over the loudspeaker. Oh, wow. That's so <laughs> yeah. cool. It's very different. You're like, wait, where are we? What are we doing? Yeah, that's awesome. And they're like handing out like, all these Japanese foods, you know, when yeah. you go to a race expo, they're always giving you stuff. But yeah, I remember trying some kind of cracker and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. But I'm like, <laughs> someone probably likes that. But we're like, oh, that was different. Right, right. Um, yeah. And then during the actual race, there's no, no time cutoff to finish. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of people that run, but there's also a lot of people that walk. Wow. So, so it went on and on. And yeah, on. yeah, it's it's one of the largest marathons in the world, I think. So mm -hmm. it's pretty big. Um, but it would just, it started like at 5 o'clock in the morning. And it was downtown um, Honolulu. Um, and it was just crazy, like packed. It's raining. It's dark. And there's people talking in Japanese over the loudspeaker. And you're like... I don't know where I should be lined up. Let's just go. Go that way. Go the front. Go. Yeah, yeah. So just running through the streets. and Oh, my gosh. There were so many people dressed up in costumes. Uh, and, and there were just odd costumes. Like a guy ran past us that had a T-shirt on that was like a playing car, like the king, I think it was yeah, or something. Yeah, But he didn't have any pants on. And he ran the race like that? Yes. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. But, so he runs past us. So and we're like, like, oh. Oh. And they're like, oh, there's his butt. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyway. That's awesome. 
<laughs> you wonder, is that one known for that? Like, is that one known? No, because I know, you know, I've seen that. Like, run, certain runners will choose to wear costumes right. when run, which is great. Um, and just adds a fun element to it. Like, why not? But is that is the Honolulu Marathon known for that, do you think? Um, I think so, as far as, like... It, from what you can not trying to generalize or anything, but I think a lot of the people from Japan mm-hmm. they like come in dressed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is a there is also a guy um, who is dressed as the traditional Hawaiian um, I don't even know what they're called, but he had on the little like sarong. Okay. And he had on like a, a grape leaf or a grass leaf little uh, headband thing, and then he had that, oh, he had a sarong on, of course. Yeah. Just running in that. And, <laughs> That's great. And his, it was kind of open up on the side, and his butt was showing, too. So there's a lot of butt showing. butt showing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which, when you're at mile, like, 20, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm dying. <laughs> to have someone go run by with their butt hanging out, it's like, oh, okay, that... that they can make e- me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that eased the mood a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so that one race was... It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. I mean, of course. And did the weather clear up after? Did you get to like hang out in Hawaii for a little while and enjoy yeah, it? Yeah. Um, say if you're going out there, you might as well. <laughs> yeah. It was actually nice because Ron went with me. We paid for him to go. Oh, awesome. And we just extended our, our trip out a little bit longer. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We Good. got to go and hang out and do all the fun stuff around. Yeah. Um, like go up Diamond Head Mountain and everything, which the day after a marathon, climbing Diamond Head, which uh- is... <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah, why not? Go for You're it. You're in Hawaii? Yeah. Why not? Loosen up those legs after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely did that. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, we had a great time. That was just a very memorable experience. And um, seeing someone cross the finish line and, like, you know, everything that goes through. I mean, my first time on a running marathon was horrible. Mm. So to see someone do that and, and have different eyes and not yeah. be like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing ever after running a marathon. And she was – Kaylee was pretty excited to do it, and she's done another one since. So That's awesome. Pretty awesome. That's so great. What an awesome memory for both of you. Yeah. So why was your first so horrible? <laughs> now, now I'm curious. <laughs> um, I did the Vermont City um, Marathon in Burlington. Mm. And – when I decided I wanted to do my first marathon, I was like, you should do that one. It's the best marathon ever. Do it, do it, do it. You're not going to regret it. You're going to have a great time. I'm like, okay, I can do that. And um, so the Vermont City Marathon is Memorial Day weekend. Oh, wow. And so I thought, oh, it's going to probably be nice weather. It turned out when we were driving to Burlington, um, it was snowing. Oh, and 40 degrees. Yeah. What time of year was this? <laughs> Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. That's yeah. right. You just said that. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we got there, and um, it was fine. Bid pickup. And the next morning, we drove to the race, and it was raining. It was, like, upper 30s. It was cold. <sighs> That's, like, such raw. That's, like, such hard weather. Too. Right. I mean, it's it's. It's it's okay. You're like, oh, that's great temperature, but but the rain it just makes it. It was really yeah. windy too, so it was just not comfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So also while we were driving to the race from our hotel, just so happens that a spring broke on our car. Oh, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we're like, oh boy, what was that? And we're like, oh, and our car kind of like fell down with some shock. I don't know the term of it or whatever, but it broke. Yeah. So I had Ron and the kids with me. My kids were three at the time, two and a half, I think, or so. Um, so I'm like, okay, I got to go run. And Ron's like, oh, I guess I'm going to figure out what to do with the car and, you know, have these two little ones with me in the you rain. Know, talk about adventure and like <laughs> not so fun way. So the first, um, the first probably 10 miles of the race were fine. It was cold and rainy, whatever, but it was fine. Um, and then things started to go downhill after that. Like I started to have like GI stuff, mm, nausea, oh, like wow. just feeling like yeah. crap yeah. the whole rest of the race. So, <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, it's like I know <laughs> on cue. You hear yeah, yeah, I'm dying. Like, this crap. is how it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, the rest of the race, I I was like, I made some great friends in the woods. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While we're all sitting around, like, hey, hey how's it going over yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it, that was a long last half of the race to yeah. run. Um, but I finished, and it was, like, that's the hardest thing I ever did in my whole entire life, just because that last half just sucked so bad, and yeah. it was so cold because having to stop and walk then. Yeah. And it was raining, it was cold, you were just start cramping up, yeah. and just miserable, and um, yeah, so that was an adventure. And then, of course, with all the things that happened afterwards, like getting the car fixed. Oh, gosh. It was Memorial Day and weekend. And you have, you know, your little little ones. And Since it's Memorial Day weekend, nothing was open. So yeah. we had to spend, like, an extra two days in Burlington. But we couldn't drive the car anywhere. So thankfully, we got to really know downtown Burlington yeah. as we yeah. walked everywhere. Right. Um, and then to top it all off, when we were... Um, leaving with cars fixed and everything and we're driving down um, 89 we're like yeah we're going home it's all good I turn around and I look in the back seat at my daughter and she has a stuffed cat that's her like favorite thing ever it's not in the back seat oh no so we're like, oh no, where'd it go? Where'd it go? So we pull over, and we're right? Like digging and as, everything apart. As parents, and and you know, I know not everyone can relate to that, but that's definitely like a big deal. When yeah, you have, yeah. Like they're the one and only. Yeah. It's like if that's gone, oh, forget no. it. So they're still sleeping while we're like digging apart through the car trying to find it. Yeah. Like we have to go back. We have to go retrace our steps. Maybe we left it at the car dealership or whatever. Oh. So we drive back to Burlington. We were probably like. A half hour out of Burlington. Okay, so at least I wasn't like like two an hour hours. Away, yeah, um, and as we're at the stoplight to turn into the car dealership, I see Chloe, the stuffed cat, on the side of the road. Oh wow, <laughs> that is amazing that you found it, that you saw it. <laughs> we're not sure exactly how it happened, but we think my son threw it out the window, <laughs> or we left it on top of the car. One of those, but yeah. Chloe's yeah. okay. She was run over a few times. Oh my gosh, is she still around? Chloe's still around. That's incredible. Yes. Yes. And has a really awesome story of her own. Chloe <laughs> has more than nine lives uh, because yeah. <laughs> she's had multiple issues where, we're like, oh no, where'd Chloe go? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. But that's amazing. So that topped off. And then, then there's one more. <laughs> so we left and we're going home. 
almost home. And all of a sudden, my son's like, I don't feel good. Oh, no. And he just threw up all over himself. Oh, that's the worst in the car, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have topped off for you guys. Awesome weekend. Wow, Angela. Talk about memory. And then somehow you you still went on to run another marathon. I did. That's amazing. Yeah. um, I haven't had the best luck with marathons. Um, I know. So, tell us about. (laughs) I have so many questions, but obviously one of the things, I think I I really tuned into your blog around all your Boston Marathon training. Yeah, And that was for um, 2014, or 2015, sorry. I was thinking, that's when I started following you, was knowing that you were going to be running. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, so tell us about that. Tell us about that journey, because that was really intense for you. Yeah, that was pretty big. Um, So I started, um, I was asked by Stonyfield Yogurt to run... um, the Boston Marathon, they're a major sponsor of the Boston Marathon, and they wanted to get um, mom runners to run for them. Um, and so I was super honored to run for them. I love Stonyfield. I work for them. Um, I think they're an awesome company, and I've always wanted to do Boston. I always said I would qualify first before I ran it. But when this opportunity came, it's like, it's hard to say no. It's hard to yeah. say no to that when great, it's right in front of you. And what a great gift, too, that they asked you. Yeah. yeah. So um, I started training in January of 2015. And you had just run the Honolulu Marathon, yeah. right? So you, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I had had been training for another marathon be- prior to um, Honolulu. I was training for Bay State Marathon. Oh, okay. Um, down in Massachusetts. But I had Achilles issues. Oh, wow. So, and that was two weeks before the race, so I didn't make it to the starting line of Bay State. Oh, wow. So that was supposed to be, like, my goal race. I was planning on getting a BQ, mm-hmm. uh, Boston qualifier time of that one. Um, but I had to pull out. So, but I was okay to run for Honolulu. And then the opportunity came up for Boston. So I started training. I was feeling great. No Achilles issues or whatever. Um, that was the winter that we had a horrible winter where it was wicked cold. Like every weekend it snowed Man, like crazy. So like the piles were so big. It, it was, was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I had I had the most amazing running buddy and uh, her name's Sarah. Um, and we like toughed it out like every weekend. Like it was amazing. <coughs> Just to have someone to run with. And through all that snow and the adventures. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. there was, we just laughed the whole thing. I mean, yeah. she was like the best training partner ever to have. And I'm so thankful for her. Um, but so we made it to Boston and um, I was feeling good. Started running and which if, if you ever have the chance to do Boston, do it because it just, the athletes, well, even before the Athletes Village, just the whole expo and just the city, it's so alive. Yeah, I've heard and the just, energy in, it's in that around the marathon is incredible. It is. I mean, I've I mean, sensed it, but not, yeah, yeah. I've never gone down to um, spectate before, yeah. <clears throat> but it was just like leading up to it, it was just like so supportive and just just so much energy and just, it was just so exciting. And... Um, and then going to the Athletes Village, it's just, it's a whole weird world where you're out in this big field at the high school and there's tents set up. And I mean, there's just thousands of people 
and they're all runners, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all of this, you know, we're all our people are here. Were um, you nervous, Angela? Sorry to interject, but I'm thinking, no. like, were you nervous at all just from what had happened, you know, in Boston around the marathon um, with the bombings? Like, was that at all like, a little in your bit? Mind? Yeah. Um, a little bit just because even being down at the expo, I mean, you're hyper aware of it because like all sorts of different security. The now. security yeah. everywhere. And um, just like a lot of people that I know ran in 2014. I know. I think about our friend, our mutual friend, Sandra. Yeah. And, yeah. and how it affected them. Yeah. And, um, just everything about that. So it definitely didn't make me super nervous, but I was just aware, yeah. definitely aware. Um, but when I actually started running, I didn't really think about it too much. Um, I did plan to have my husband and my kids and my parents too came in from Michigan to to be at the finish line, yeah. but they weren't going to be at the, the exact finish line. They were going to yeah. be around there. Um, so that part, we were kind of like, okay, security wise, not too close or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was very, it's, it's just an energetic, it's just amazing. It's hard to put into words how, Mm. how electric it is. That's a great word. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just, the whole, the whole vibe, you just get close to coming into Hopkinton, um, Sarah, who I was training with, we took a, a town car from New Hampshire to um, Hopkinton because okay. you have a lot of options to get there. And, yeah. You know, it's a point to point race. So we took a private car and they had closed the exit to Hopkinton by the time we got there. Oh, gosh. So we got dropped off on 495. Are you serious? <laughs> oh my gosh, Angela. Yes, we were dropped off on 495. I wouldn't even think that that would be allowed. Like, well, we, we no. to, like just drop you off. Well, I don't sorry, it's think closed. So. Oh yeah, there's a, a state cop there, and we're like, can we get out? He's like, I don't care, go ahead, whatever. But traffic was backed up already. Wow. Um, and it, it was even more funny because it was raining. Because I run, when I run a marathon, it's going to rain. I so. know. I'm like, wow, all your stories about rain. It's all rain. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were, so we had all our throwaway clothes on. So we looked like, um, refugees. <laughs> we had like ponchos, plastic ponchos and garbage bags and our, all our throwaway clothes. And then you have to carry, um, your bag for like, uh, we had like extra food, you know, cause you sit in an athlete's village forever. So we had extra food in this little plastic bag and we're walking through the streets of Hopkinton and. It's empty because all the roads are closed. So (laughs) we're walking down the middle of the roads. There's a busy road, but there's no cars. There's no people everywhere. And there's security everywhere. So you see like these big military vehicles and all these police. And we're like, this is really, really bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. Like, where are we? (laughs) Right, right. You probably felt like, are we really in Hollywood? Like, what are we like, doing? Like, are yeah. we really going to go run now? And we just kept laughing because, like, we look ridiculous. <laughs> you know, we're, like, like homeless people wandering the streets, and but we're going to go run a race. So <laughs> it was so bizarre. So we laughed a lot about that, too. Um, but, yeah, it's – so did I mention what happened during no. the race? <laughs> yeah, because I interjected. I'm like, let's okay. talk. Yeah, so tell us. So you said you started to run you felt okay. Yeah, I felt great. Um, I had a friend um, – Laura, who I met through blogging, um, she was also running with Stonyfield, and 
she's like, I'm going to run with you. Because she hadn't really had the greatest um, of training beforehand. So she's like, I'm going to run with you. I'm going to help you get your PR. Um, she's wicked fast. Um, I'm like, okay. And we had met through blogging. She lives in New Jersey. Um, I've been blogging almost five years. So that was the first time we had met. Oh, wow. So, But we always had like this connection just because we started blogging at the same time. Um, we have kids about the same age, and just we had a lot of similarities. And I love that. I think that's such a positive force of technology, you know, the, the social right. media world. Exactly. And, and that you can really connect with someone that way. And then, then yeah. you have this opportunity to meet in person, but you feel like you already know that. Oh, my God, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, I get the strangest looks from people when they say that, oh, my friend that I met through blogging, and, and they're coming, we're going to go hang out, and they're like, wait what, you met someone through the internet and you're hanging out at 5 o'clock in the morning because you're going to go run or whatever? <laughs> just like you stalk yeah, Randy. I know, just like I stalk you. I know you from... <laughs> so we, it was, it started off really good. Um, it just, the crowd support and just how many people were out, no matter where you were, it was just amazing. And um, so around mile six, I all of a sudden got this intense pain in my left foot, like the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Mm. I couldn't run. I started limping. I was like, what the heck is going on? What did I do? I mean, I didn't run into a pothole. I didn't trip. I didn't, you know, nothing traumatic like that. It just started hurting really bad. Yeah. I tried, like, stretching it out, um, and it just wouldn't alleviate. Like, the pain just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Um, was this the same the same side, same leg that your Achilles was, had been bothering you? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my dreaded left foot. Um, so Laura and I were talking. She's a running coach too. And, you know, she's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh. it's, our, it's so early in the race. I'm like, if I have to go 26 miles like this, I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then – we started cooling down because it's raining oh. and it's cold and it's windy and we're freezing. Like, I can't walk this way far anyway, yeah. you know. And You're like, I've already done that before. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, just, I just, I can't do this. And, um, and she's like, whatever you do, I'll support you. You know, it's the right decision to make. And I'm like, at mile eight, we came up to a, a med tent and like, I, I can't, I gotta stop. Oh, Angela. Um, so yeah, I dropped out of the Boston Marathon at mile eight. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, and yet, um, and you're going to be like, it's so much easier for me to say this because I wasn't there and wasn't you, but, um, as someone who can understand and relate as like a, an athlete who has pushed myself way beyond, you know, moments when I know I shouldn't have. Um, and, but what I try to work with women around is that like the fact that you truly just, I mean, your body was screaming at you, no, like, don't do this, and, and that you honored that as opposed right. to, like, really, you know, you wouldn't have had anyone else in the world, like, you know, punish their bodies and, like, and, you know, that whole pain, no gain, but, mm -hmm. like, really, your body yeah. was saying no. Right, exactly. Yet, like, I can't can't imagine for you, Angela, the, well, just all the emotions around it because you had been training so mm -hmm. hard, you've been blogging so much about it, and just, yeah. Yeah, I'm it was sorry. it was definitely heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and I had, as when I went to the med tent, um, they basically like, do you want to keep going? And I'm like, I could, but is that really 
smart. And then I, I would go back and forth, like, am I being a big wuss about it, you know, because mm. other people can get through this. Why can't I get through this? You know, suck it up. And, yeah. you know, going through talk like that. Um, but ultimately, like, my foot is throbbing. Yeah. I can't put weight on it. Um, and, and really, what would have the point been? Right. You know, you <laughs> injured yourself that much more. Right. Yeah. Um, so, which in hindsight, I mean, when I, I finally got my foot checked out, the doctor was like, it's a good thing you stopped because you probably would have tore something, tore um, a tendon or whatever, which would have meant surgery and yeah. um, everything. Because I, I partially did tear a tendon, but if I would have kept going, I probably would have completely tore. tore it. Yeah. Wow. Wow, Angela. Yeah. So what have your various injuries, you know, because you and I, and we've talked candidly, like, you know, over runs and, mm-hmm. you know, I've shared with you, I can, I can definitely relate with injury stuff. I've dealt with plantar fasciitis and was out from running for over a year and, and calf stuff. Um, and it's so, so challenging, especially when it's something like running that obviously fuels you and not only fuels your physical body, but it, it's your stress release and it fuels your heart and your core. And right. when I, you know, you, you wrote and you're very clear in your your site and your blogging like it's what helped you find yourself um yeah. so tell me more about like that journey through injuries and and the gift I guess the positives of being injured like what you've learned more about yourself and what are other things because you had to stop running what else did you find that maybe not in the exact same way <laughs> but, that, but that fed you and, and you know yeah. helped you take care of yourself so I didn't run for um six months Six months of no running. Um, I had partially torn my FHL tendon, which is your big toe tendon. Ouch. And then I that also had painful. posterior tib tendonitis. Um, and it took a while to find the diagnosis of the partially torn tendon because they, the posterior tib tendon and the FHL tendon, they kind of overlap. Okay. So when I was describing the pain, they're like, oh, it's posterior tib. No big deal. Well, I wasn't getting any better. So then they finally did more testing and MRIs and they're like, oh, you got a lot of stuff going on in your big toe. So wow. That's how it came about. So that kind of prolonged things. How many months into your already like your rehab did they realize that? Um let's see, that was probably August. Okay. And so that was like four months. Oh wow. Because they're like, oh, it'll take like at least eight to ten weeks before you will start feeling better from the posterior tip with all the rehab and everything. Um, But then it took a while to actually get the MRI and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, So so six months of no running really, really sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Not going to lie. I found that I was really – angry for six months I was really kind of I wouldn't say depressed so much well depressed in a way but not so much as that it bothered me all the time but it would really bother me to see people running like people run past my house and I would just get so angry and just be like oh it's hard not I to hate you. <laughs> right, right. Not, hard not to be in that place of like, why me? Like, right. Like, yeah, almost feeling victim to your injury. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why did this happen to me? Why then? Um, so, in what I did, let's see, I did a lot of cycling. Thankfully, it was the summer, so I could get outside. Um, 
I really like being early morning. Yeah. That's my time to work out. I was going to say, what's your favorite time? Like early morning. <laughs> early yeah. morning is my thing. Yeah. You should know Especially that by now. Especially as a mom. It's like kind of... Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's when nothing's going to interfere. Yeah. I mean, yes, my kids wake up early, but I'm not going to have a meeting to go to yeah. or whatever at that time. Um, so I was able to cycle a lot and still get my my sunrise jolt that I love to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, did a lot of yoga. That's where I did. Went back to yoga again and, and really committed to, I was doing, going to classes like four to five times a week. So um, that helped a lot. A lot of strength training too. Yeah. Um, so just finding other ways right. to be active. Um, and what helped you, Angela, break through the anger? Because I, I, that is intense. And it's yeah. like so great that you can just simply like, just be so truthful about it because I think a lot of people could relate who have been, you know, in similar experiences of, with injury and who right. are really, you know, big athletes. Um, I want to say, well, the anger kind of let go a little bit when um, I got back to running. Yeah. Of course, that helped a little bit. But I don't think I really truly let it go until this past April. Um, it was, of course, leading up to this year's Boston it's in my face, you know, all my friends yeah. are running or this person's running and the excitement and, you know, everything. So I was feeling, I was still holding on to anger and I had this plan that when I got back to running that I needed a redemption, redemption marathon. I needed to run another marathon to prove that I can run a marathon, I'm not going to get hurt, and just that I could get to Boston yeah. all on my own again. Um, and then... April rolled around, and it was the day before Boston. It was a Sunday because Boston's on a Monday. It was Sunday. I went to a yoga class at Sav Yoga. And read just a regular class, whatever. And we're in Savasana, and Elizabeth, the teacher. She's fantastic. She yeah. is. She's my favorite. Um, we're in Savasana, and she says, okay, put your, your hand on your heart, your left hand on your heart, and cover it up with your right hand. Mm-hmm. And she just said, now forgive yourself. Oh, and it was just I'm like, like getting teary because I can yeah. totally feel that. Yeah. It was just like that moment. It just snapped. Like, oh, I can forgive myself for you know it wasn't my fault per se that I got injured, and I can forgive myself that I didn't make it yeah. to the finish line. And and I mean I've heard her say that many times, but I think just because Boston was on my mind so much, yeah, it really hit that you that's when that it moment. really resonated, and and it's like oh. Okay, mm. I don't need to force myself to run a marathon if I'm not ready. I can let it go that, yes, it totally sucked that that happened, but yeah. it's not defining you as who you are as a runner, and it's yeah. not going to be the end of you as a runner. Um, so, the, yeah, that whole moment was like, oh. And I felt, like, totally lighter That's afterward. That's awesome, Angela. That's so beautiful. And if yeah. anything, I mean, I think that that's like that forgiveness piece is huge because even if it wasn't conscious, like it's not like you were like, um, like I don't hear, and maybe you were more inside your head, I haven't, you know, but I don't hear that you're beating yourself up over and over and over again for yeah. it. But I can imagine how often you must have replayed that moment and mm-hmm. just like the why and the what ifs. And so forgiveness is it's so huge and, and how wonderful that you could really land in that softening in that class and then. And then, you know, I, I see in hearing your story um, as such strength. Like there's so much 
courage and strength and resiliency, you know, and then, and that's pretty huge in your writing, like you're sharing your story and that's, I think draws more people to you. Mm -hmm. And, and I know I kind of gotten to know you after that whole thing. (laughs) Um, so I may have a slightly different perspective, but I just see you with more like as still this amazing, incredible, strong runner with, with just a lot of strength and courage and resiliency because of what you've been through. Yeah. Thank you. You're, and you're human and it's hard. It's right. like, I, I've often thought that in my moments of injury and, and not being able to run and seeing all these people running and being like, I want to be running. You right. Know, exactly. Like, like I have often thought, well, you know, what, what can I affirm about my body is, is just running and me aren't getting along right now. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've also often wondered like, how is that person always running and they're, they're never injured? And why does my body tend to, why do my calves speak to me so right. much? And what is it about, you know, I'll analyze my, my stride and like, all those yeah, exactly. issues. And then I also go to, well, there's something deeper here. And I think, you know, for me in my moments of not being able to run, it's really helped me slow down mm-hmm. and um and I guess love myself in a different way and appreciate appreciate the strength and what I am able to do in right. other ways yeah so exactly yeah um I know I had to take those months of not running there was a time when, like kind of just have to step back and be like okay I can't run right now but I can do other things yeah so rather than dwelling on what I can't do Let's find out what I can do. Yeah, which is great. That's and, a great way to pivot it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's all kind of, you just kind of got to spin it positive. I mean, it sucks so bad, but I mean, yeah. you don't want to be just dwelling in negativity because, I mean, that's not my personality at yeah. all. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand how people can live like that. And yeah. because it just, it's like a downward spiral. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you just kind of got to spin it like, okay. I'm not going to sit here and wall. Let's do something. <laughs> well, and I, I just flashed back to, you know, the beginning of our conversation today. And, and, you know, you were talking about how, you know, sometimes there are those people that you're working with and, you know, with your um, exercise physiology and, you know, who really just stay there. They stay kind of stuck right. and they, they stay like, you know, um, I can imagine how hard that energy can be to work with at moments, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, but then recognizing like, okay, we have a choice here and how right. am I going to look at this and how I'm going to work through it. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing all that. No problem. So tell me, we talked a little bit about blogging, writing, you're a blogger. Do you, do you like writing? Have you always been a natural writer? No, I don't think I'm a very good writer at all. Oh, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're amazing. I like, I think that's one of my weakest things. Like, I don't think I'm a writer, but I blog and then I do freelance writing. So it's kind of like, it's weird. I don't know how yeah, I fell like into it. Owning, owning, like you are a writer and you are pretty good. I love it because you're so, um, you're so candid. I mean, it's just like, I feel like a lot of times when I read your stuff that it's like we're here or we're in a run and you're telling me right. about these moments. So, well, that's yeah. kind of funny. The thing, that's one thing that I've learned from um, like meeting other people who blog that, you know, you meet them finally in person that, when you read their stuff or they're truly being authentic in themselves, you can actually hear their voice when you're reading yes. their blog now. Yeah. And I've realized that so many times now with my my blogging friends who are actually really just friends, not with a label on them or anything, but I, I totally just hear their voice now when I read and it, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I love it. So it's not, it doesn't come easily to you? 
Um, not really. I mean, yeah. as more the more I do it, it does. Yeah. But it, it doesn't. I can't just pop out a post like yeah. that. I mean, it takes me a while, and I'm, I edit edit myself all the time, and I'm like, no, I don't like how that sounds. Get rid of that. <laughs> So. Do you have other people? Like, do you have Ron ever read your stuff or, like, anyone kind of helping you with that? Or do you just – it's just, no. like, your, your it's thing? It's my thing. Yeah. yeah. And do you have a strict schedule? Because I think about, gosh, everything you're doing, Angela, from being an incredible mom to, you know, your wife. You love to cook. That's part of what you blog about. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you're running. You're doing. <laughs> you're, you're working. You yeah. Know? So when, you're, when do you find the time to – like, you're so, – I love that you're so dedicated with – your photography and your Instagram posts and then um, the writing. Do you have yourself on a strict schedule to kind of stay committed? Or? I kind of do. Um, I like to post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Okay. Um, when I first started, I was doing like every day. And when you say posts, um, does that include Instagram and or blogging? Or is this Oh, Instagram too? is like a whole other thing. I know. <laughs> so you're blogging like Monday. Wow, Angela. Yeah. That's so, huge. And if you're a really good blogger, you like have things written in advance, whatever. Yeah. I'm usually like fly by the seat in my pants the night before type of blogger. <laughs> Which can also, you know, there's I think there's a, a gift to that because that's also – like, hearing you say that, I'm like, that's even more so you just right in that present moment. Like, what's coming up for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 people are like, oh, yeah, I should have stuff ready to go at a moment's notice. I'm like, I can't really. You know, even if I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to plan stuff out. I'm like, yeah. what am I going to want to talk about? Or it, yeah. my mind changes yeah. what I want to talk about. Um, so, yeah, I usually write the night before um, a post go li- goes live. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Instagram. I kind of post. I try to do like at least one a day. Although, even like like sometimes work gets crazy during the day, so I'll post like first thing in the morning, and then maybe if I have time at lunch, and then I'll try like later on in the night. But yeah, maybe sometimes it's once a day, sometimes it's twice, sometimes it's three day, three times yeah. in a day. And I'm sure you've you've kind of figured out. I mean, for me. Um, you know, relating to some of this, because I, you know, I do Instagram and I, I write once in a while and I used to be a lot more um, kind of regimented about it. Um, but I, I know for me, like it's sometimes I've had a hard time figuring out like the system or like yeah. what works the best and like what time of day and how often. And, you know, like, so for you, do you feel like you, do you feel confident in kind of your system that you've figured um, out and consistency? And I do kind of like, I mean, I've, I've, learned a lot over the years from others who have done much more than I have and little tidbits. Um, but I still, they, Instagram is funny because they changed the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, so I like they shifted something. Yeah. Like yeah. before how you used to get, um, posts as they come alive. Now it's people that you like the most or something. So you'll get more of them in your feed. Yeah. I don't like it. Instagram, change that if you're listening. <laughs> Is, isn't Facebook pretty similar now, too? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say. Yes, there's a whole algorithm in yeah. that, too. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really like Facebook too much. Yeah. I mean, I like it for, like, just hanging out with friends and catching right. up with that. But for as far as promoting yeah. blog stuff, no. yeah, 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 no, you don't get much from that. How Although do you, I do hear from some people that they do, but I don't. How do you promote your blog? Oh... Let's see. The number one thing with blogging, what I learned, 
when I first started, if you want to get your blog out there, you got to comment on other blogs. That's like the key. Yeah. Um, to get your name out there, to make connections because yeah. people going through comments, they're going to see your name or like a lot of times they'll have this thing called comment love. So yes. they'll see the last post that you posted and they'll be like, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, so that's kind of like just connecting that way. Um, I also, through Instagram, yeah. like if I have something that I think, oh, people on Instagram want to want to um, read, like um, I just did a, a race. Yeah. So I would post like a picture from the race and like the recaps up in, on the blog, yeah. you know, clicking yeah. in my profile right. type of I've thing. Seen you that. Yeah. Um, Facebook, like I try to get old posts out there too. Yeah. Yes. And then word of mouth. Like, yeah. It's so cool to, I feel like so honored to have like connected with you and then you know um my friend Sandra LaFam who you know yes up you know north yeah. and um organic organic yeah, runner or, mom organic runner mom yep. and then our mutual friend Sarah Canny run yep. bar girl so it's so cool to see all of you just doing these brilliant amazing things out there with your blogs and that you know it's so beautiful because there's room and space for every single person with you know everyone has a different story and a different voice right. and um, and I really appreciate that about each one of you. Oh, and, thank you. And getting a chance to connect and follow all of you. Who are some of your favorite, um, like, what's the first person or that comes to mind when um, when I ask you, like, who's been one of your biggest inspirations in the blogging world? Oh, gosh, in the blogging world. Um, well, the very first blog I ever read, um, which I think it was for a lot of people, um, it was called Carrots and Cake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone says yeah. that one. Um, she, Tina, I've met her a couple times. She's really nice. Um, but she kind of, like, was one of the original core healthy living bloggers. And I think um, I started reading her stuff when I was on maternity leave. Yeah. And that kind of, like, sparked, like, hey, I could do that type of thing. And, um, yeah, they kind of, she kind of got me into it. Um Real life bloggers that I've met too. I mean, the ones that I've met, yeah. like like you said, Sarah and Sandra. I mean, they're inspiring with what they do and and what they write about. Um, uh, Christine Yu, she's Love Life Surf. Yeah, she's an awesome person. Um, her writing is amazing. She's kind of not blogging as much anymore, but she's doing a lot of freelance writing. So yeah, um, they're inspiring to me, definitely for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And who else inspires you in your life? Who have been some of the your greatest inspirations, whether it's around running or just, you know, in your childhood growing up? And who do you um, think of? Of course, like, my mom. I mean, she's always inspired me. She's just – she's always – she's always laughing. And I think that I get that from her. Yeah. Um, my dad <laughs> – yeah, you have such great laughter. Oh, I always think about how much we run and laugh, and I love it. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. I yeah. mean, laughing is the best. Um, it's so incredibly healing. Too, it is. So. It yeah. is. Um, but my dad, he always says whenever we're, when we're talking on the phone or we're together, we, all we do is laugh about things. So, I mean, yeah. I mean That's what's awesome. wrong with that, right? I know. Mean, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I read this statistic um, Gosh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get it exactly right, but just basically the gist of it was um, just how much we laugh as kids, mm-hmm. and you know we're both parents, so we see it in our 
and our children just how much they laugh in a day. Right. Like right. over 300 times. It's yeah. not uncommon. I think that was That's the generalization. Good. And then an average adult laughs like, I think it was like, seven to ten times what so and that's just bad no and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) so so just you know the invitation to really connect and with laughter more yeah yeah Yeah. definitely laughter is like the best thing I know that's awesome um other inspiring I'd have to say my high school gym teacher (laughs) that's awesome I know people are like gym teacher or what um but she, uh, Mrs. Bianco, um, she was, like, in her 20s when she first started. Like, we were probably more her first or second year teaching. And she was, um, we call her a bodybuilder, but I guess you call her more of a figure competitor now. Okay. Um, but she was kind of the first one who really got that exercise, loving exercise, loving healthy eating, fitness kind of bug Um in my ear. I think she she left a lasting impression on a lot of us. Yeah. And I still think of her. Um, Have you, like, reached out to her? Have you ever told her? No. That, I mean. That'd be so cool. I know. I she haven't. hear you now. I know. <laughs> hey, Miss Bianco. <laughs> um, but she, I just, I don't live, or my parents don't live where I went to high school. Yeah. So I haven't been back there in yeah. years and years and years. But I remember seeing something a friend of mine linked to something about her on Facebook and I'm like, Oh my God, like her and her husband own a gym still. That's so great. Yeah. So, I mean, she kind of was like a lot of times back then, like my brothers would have like muscle and fitness magazine, you know, you see like bulky guys (laughs) and the women who were like really, really big, but she kind of had that. She was tiny and she looked super toned. Just, yeah, like, she yeah. just wasn't just overly ma- um, muscular, just really toned. And of course, when she was competing, she was like jacked up, ripped. Yeah. But she kind of just impressed on me that you can have muscles and look feminine and, you know, just be strong like that. Oh, so strong is beautiful. Thing. Yeah, Holy exactly. God. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was back in the 90s. So yeah, yeah. it kind of stuck with me for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. I hope she hears that. (laughs) Thanks, Mrs. Bianca. I know. That's great. So, Angela, do you have any tips for runners out there um, or just athletes or people who just love to be active around fueling themselves? And and it doesn't necessarily have to be nutrition-wise. You and I, I remember talking about this on the run. Um, Yeah, I'll get a little help with that. (laughs) But also just self-care. Like, do you have any, like, like Angela, well, I was going to say secrets. Obviously, there won't be secrets if you (laughs) shout out to the world. I cannot tell my secrets. (laughs) Oh, let's see. Um, I think what I've learned over the years is that Try not to compare yourself to other people so much. Um, That's like, I mean, yes, in life in general, but running, it's very easy to be like, that person looks like the same size as me, same age as me. How come I can't run as fast as them or or whatever? Um, So it's very easy to get wrapped up in, I should be able to do that type of thing and just honor your body and what it can do. I mean, Maybe you won't be able to run as fast as them, but try yeah. and run what your body can do. You, you might surprise yourself, Yeah, which is another thing I think people are, they think, I'll never be able to do that. Mm. And so therefore they don't even try. Don't even try. Yeah. So I, I, I never say never is like a big thing that I always say. Yeah. <laughs> Just because 
They're like, oh, I can never run a 20-minute 5K or whatever. Um, you never know yeah. until you try. So Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's so make, true. Yeah. And, I, and you're right. I do think that um, that comes up and, and in every area of life, like even on the yoga mat or um, – or in the gym, or just in life, like the right. whole comparison zone, and how how much that can really actually just get in our own way and zap us oh, totally. of of really landing in our strength and and the the possibilities. So, right. Yeah. 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 Your journey isn't the person next to you. Your journey is your journey. Yeah. And just try to follow your own and do what you can and push yourself and not be like, well, I pushed as hard as I could, but I'm still not as good as them. Mm. Well. Yeah. That's pretty awesome what you just did. So yeah. Yeah. that's and to affirm yourself that. for that. Right. Yeah. Do you have a favorite mantra or power word or like when you've been running or going through a hard time and hmm. that comes up for you? You've said a couple throughout the talk. <laughs> <laughs> um oh boy, now that I'm I'm kinda of, I can't think of one, but um a favorite mantra probably is um you know, stand tall because uh, it's been impressed on me, you know, the more you, when you're running and you're fatigued and you're at the end of the race and you start slouching over. Yeah. Slouching over. Um, so just saying stand tall, stand strong, stuff like that, that kind of yeah, kind of re- makes me reconnect and be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Or just breathe. Because I hold my breath a lot, you know, yeah, which, which is, is huge. She so right, yeah, right. That, so those levels. are always, yeah. I breathe all the time. That's Kids awesome. are fighting. Breathe. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's like yeah, nourishment for life. Yeah. So. so those are probably the big ones that I say over. Those are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. that's great. This has been so much fun. It has Thank been you fun. Thank you for just, especially, you know, I know that you and I both are coming off our colds. And, <laughs> and I love that we just got to, instead of going for a run this morning, just sit in my living room and, and drink tea and chat yeah, and talk. this is awesome. Thank you so You're much. You're such a role model for so many people, Angela, around health and resiliency and strength. And um, you are so strong on <laughs> thank all you. levels. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Yourself with the world. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. You're this welcome. is awesome. Let's do it again. I know. Let's, Let's do see. a weekly podcast. I know. Right? me talking. That <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Hey, some idea maybe. Yeah. Um, so people, where can people most find you? People who don't already know about the Happy Fit Mama. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, my blog, happyfitmama.com. Um, Instagram, happyfitmama. Facebook, happyfitmama. Okay. All social media, happyfitmama. Awesome. And it's M-A-M-A. Not M O M M A, like some people say. Yeah, that's a good point because yeah. some people would, might look it up that way. It's so. Ma, 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 Ma. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Angela. <laughs> thank you, Annie. Yay.